I got a call. I'm almost positive it was from Debbie Hirschman, who said that there was a small new group called Mayan, the Jewish Women's Project, of this new JCC uh, on the Upper West Side. The JCC at the time was operating in the Chesterfield Suites on 80th, just east of Broadway. And it was a set of offices. Um, just just imagine there was like a conference room and, an, and one office where everybody kind of sat. That's at least how my memory of it. And there was going to be a, a, a women's Seder that Mayan was going to create. And they were looking for a rabbi to, to do the Seder. And was, was I interested in doing this? They had a cantor, cantor Nancy Abramson. And they had a location, which was at JTS in the cafeteria. And I said, yes. I had no idea what I was getting into, nor honestly did I know that I was going to embark on a almost 30-year relationship with two extraordinary women, Barbara Dopkin and Eve Landau. Welcome to Season 5 of 76 West, recorded appropriately in an office at the corner of West 76th Street and Amsterdam Avenue in New York City. In past years, you've heard conversations with some of the great thinkers of our time. This season, you're going to hear the voice of one of them, Rabbi Joy Levitt. Sometimes she'll be by herself, sometimes accompanied by the amazing people who helped make the program she shepherded a reality. Joy works, worked, best in collaboration with others, people who pushed her, prodded, who inspired her as much as she inspired them. That's going to be, is, her legacy to the Marlene Meyerson JCC Manhattan, a spirit of positivity, of moving onward and upward, taking a simple idea, a Jewish community center, and elevating it beyond what anyone would use as their definition. Mayan, the Jewish Women's Project, was founded by the JCC in 1993 to serve as a catalyst for change and a resource for women working for change within the Jewish community. During its existence, Mayan created and promoted new Jewish ritual from a feminist perspective through programs such as its feminist Passover Seder and innovative women's Haggadah, and focused on advancing women's status within the Jewish communal world. In today's episode of 76 West, Mayan director Eve Landau and co-founder Barbara Dobkin join Rabbi Joy Levitt to discuss the origins of that first women's Seder and the ways in which the Haggadah they developed is still influencing how we think about the Seder today. First and foremost, there were no Haggadot, you know, that now proliferate the Jewish world. Uh, that really focused on women. So we had to do this ourselves. And I was very interested in this subject to begin with and kind of very troubled by the existing Haggadot, not just because of the lack of focus on women, but because the whole way the story is told is poor. It's just, it's like a failed educational, the, the, the Seder itself is such a gigantic educational opportunity and it works so profoundly in Jewish life, but, but the way the Magid section, the story, was just not told very well. 
So I set upon to like fix all of this. The first thing that I decided was that we shouldn't use um, masculine imagery of God in this new Seder. And um, the only person at the time that was working on this issue was a very well-known poet whose name is Marsha Falk. And Marsha had created a different way of articulating blessings in Hebrew. They're normally said, Baruch Adonai Eloheinu Praised are you, Adonai, our Lord, ruler of the universe. Some, some, you know. So, you know, synagogues and feminists had been changing that language. Praised are you, God, ruler of the universe, you know, trying to get away from the Lord peace, the mass. But it, at the end of the day, Hebrew is a, is a gendered language. And no matter what you do with Baruch Atah, you are still talking to a male by saying Atah and not At. I wasn't so comfortable with feminizing that language because for me as a reconstructionist, I wasn't so interested in thinking about God in anthropomorphic terms at all. So I was trying to do, you know, play with a lot of stuff. So Marsha had these brachot um, in which she put everything in the first person plural. Nevarech et ein hachayim. We bless the source of life. Oh, it was so elegant. It was so perfect. I called her and I said, can I use these blessings? And she said, yes, of course you can, but you understand that I make a living from my writing and I need to be compensated for this. Now, in truth, it's a fair point. Did she discover this? Okay, yes. I mean, I didn't discover it, but I'll, I really will never forget going to Ms. Dobkin and saying, I need a fair amount of money in order to make this happen. Here's Eve Landau. There was a lot of input, and I remember Joy coming to a meeting one day and saying, okay, we have to decide who our audience is. And, and this goes to the language. Are men included in this event? Do we need to speak to them or not? And, and that raised an unbelievable conversation. And it, we ended up saying men were included, but they weren't invited. And just one, one thing on that, after the first time that we sent invitations, we never again sent an invitation. It, it grew out of word of mouth. It grew out of people just hearing about it and, and showing up. It grew out of people telling other people about it. So the invite became moot. Yeah, I remember that conversation. It was at the very beginning for most of us, like, and even for me, you know, because I had become a rabbi at a time when you really did not talk about your gender. I, and I was very much in the camp of, I am a rabbi. The fact that I am a woman is of should not be of any interest to you. And please do not tell me that you like my dress after services. Tell me that you like my sermon. And, and I wouldn't talk about women's issues in those early days because we had, this was such a hard one fought to get there. And, and we were very busy, most of us in those early years, pretending we were male rabbis. We didn't, we didn't think we were doing that. But 
trust me, we, we were doing that. So here I am being asked to do this feminist Seder when, I, when I'm still like, am I a feminist? What does that mean? You know, we were playing, and we were at different stages on this journey, but this question about whether men were going to come, honestly, I can't remember my own view about this, except that I knew it had to be discussed. But if I had to guess, I was pretty conflicted about this. And part of the issue was an issue of space. We only could seat, I think, like 200 people at a JTS or maybe even less, 100, 100, yeah. So, you know, the last thing we wanted was to not have women able to come because there wasn't enough room because people were bringing their friends and everybody was interested in this. It was a little like a circus show. Here's Barbara Dobkin. We're throwing around feminist here, um, but feminist is not a word we used. Uh, it was felt that we couldn't use that, and we became, we became yes, Mayan, the Women's Project, the JCC. So we knew we were feminist, and we knew that was what we wanted, but that is not what we called ourselves. So the Seder itself, uh, the Haggadah was, I would say, interesting. The brachot were novel. What we really found out was the pent-up energy in that room for the exploration of the, of the impact of women in the story of liberation of the Jewish people. And, and it was so palpable, and it was so clear that Mayan was onto something, even though this thing was going to change dramatically. Part of it was I wanted Debbie Friedman here to do the Seder. She had done the Seders with uh, Sue Elwell and Laura on the West Coast. And I... I had this thing about Debbie. Um, and to make a very long story short, we, we got Debbie. And I didn't know Debbie. Debbie would become one of my closest friends. I didn't know her then. And she started singing this song that she had written for the Seder. I couldn't get over how beautiful this was. And I knew Debbie Friedman because I had all these, like, albums from you know, that she had written. So we all knew these songs like, I mean, I have them in my brain. And everything changed because of Debbie. The whole, the then Sue and Tamara began working on what would become the Mayan Haggadah, which has now sold tens of thousands of copies. And it spawned a movement throughout the country in which people were ordering the Haggadahs, learning from us. This, of course, was before any social media or Skype or YouTube or, or Zoom. We, you know, grassroots efforts across the country to recreate this. I heard about this. Can we do this? And I believe... Debbie was really the catalyst. And the Seder moved downtown to um, South Street Seaport, where it was held and became a phenomenon where we would have, I don't know, 100, 500 people, and we did it three nights or four nights. And then eventually we wound up doing it here at the JCC in the gym as an extra for people that wanted to be here. And I would just say the end of the chapter for me was that in 1999, I was asked 
to do a Haggadah for the Reconstructionist movement. We designed the Haggadah in such a way that it could be used as a feminist Haggadah. And that, I think, was actually the first time that a mainstream Haggadah had incorporated a, a way, a pathway in for people that wanted to do a feminist Seder and use the margin notes and the readings in a particular way to curate a Seder that would focus on women. I just want to add in terms of um, the day after the um, first Seder at JTS, where we actually had room for 100 and turned away 100 people. The day after I got a call from someone in Westchester who said, she was there, she said, I loved it, I want to bring it to Westchester, Um, how would you feel about it? I said, that's what we, that's exactly what we want to happen. And over the years, the Haggadah was edited and re-edited and a million times every year it, it it changed somewhat until we settled on the one we have now I got calls from around the country um, and what was very interesting was the the initial call would be this is you know Jane somebody from a synagogue in Texas we heard about the the feminist Seder or the women's Seder, and we want to create our own. And I would send them the Haggadah, and often they would say, you know, after we read your material, we decided we're not going to do our own this year. We're going to, we're going to use your Haggadah. I, I sent Haggadot to Israel, to Holland, to... It just caught on. And then I, I do have to... And Debbie clearly was the catalyst for bringing people to it. It was an extraordinary experience for people. Here's something that I think hasn't lived its potential, but at um, one of the things at the Seder, one of the very last Seders, there were two people in the room. One, a prominent Orthodox feminist who was there for the first time, and another a very um, a friend of mine of long standing who is a very secular Jew, and um, they each experienced this seder for the first time and found it profound. And, and there was something about the seder that brought the community together. There were some seders we had four generations of one family in attendance. From the beginning, people asked us what the hecture on the food was, and we made sure it was a hecture that any person could walk in and eat and be comfortable. And I, I don't think, like much of the world, that our community is as united as they were at, at those experiences, but they certainly laid the groundwork and indicated that there is potential for that if, if we can bring people together in a meaningful way. It, it's sad that we haven't made more progress in that in that area, but I think it does. I hold on to that as a sign of hope. That was Rabbi Joy Levitt with Eve Landau and Barbara Dobkin. 76 West is a presentation of the Marlene Meyerson JCC Manhattan. The series was produced and edited by me, Eric Winnick. Our theme music was written and performed by Peril Wolf. 
If you enjoyed this podcast, please check out the other seasons of 76 West, available on iTunes, Google Play, and anywhere else podcasts are available. You can also listen to our episodes at mmjccm.org slash 76-West. Please subscribe and give us a rating on iTunes if you enjoyed the show. Every little bit helps. Until next time, we'll see you around the neighborhood. We'll be right back.